0: Welcome back to True Crime Trine, the podcast where the planets align, got it, and three (laughs) friends chat true crime, astrology, and any other weird bullshit they can fit into this podcast. We are your hosts, Hannah, Sarah, and Meredith. Welcome to episode 62. (laughs) Woo! In honor of Pride Month, I've got it back in the closet. Oh. (laughs) Let us know if my audio is better in here.
1: Yeah, I made the joke earlier before we started recording that, you know, Hannah, it is Pride Month. You can get out of the closet (laughs) if you want. But no, for recording purposes, thank you for being in there.
0: (laughs) We'll see if this works out well or not. But episode 62, any housekeeping? No. I do have one thing because we talked about going to Walla Walla in our last episode. And I was talking about going to the worm farm or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's called Ooh. the Worm Ranch. Worm Ranch? Oh. But it's so fucking good. They make their own tortillas. They melt cheese on it. They put the queso fresco. It's also mm. a bait shop. It's like a half and half. So there are worms for sale as well, but it's called the Worm Ranch. So if you are in Walla Walla, I highly suggest. Okay. Nice. And then I guess I could just bounce right into it. Sounds good. Well, you know what we haven't talked about in a while? Hmm. Cannibals. Cannibalism. Oh, no.
1: Oh, no. That was pretty recent. That was, Well, yeah.
0: that was kind of recent. Witchy bullshit, you guys. Yay. Ooh. So I'm bringing some witchy bullshit. Yes. And this is going to be a nice change of pace from the last two episodes, which were super heavy on those German serial killers and not very funny. <laughs> and although this does not have cannibalism in it, it is a historical one. So we're going to okay. go back into the past- And I'm going to tell you about Alice Keiteler, the first recorded person condemned for witchcraft in Ireland. Ooh. We're going far, far back. This is the farthest I've taken, you guys.
2: Further than Stube?
0: Oh, yeah. So Alice was born around 1263.
2: Wow.
0: So far, far back in Keiteler's house in County Kilkenny, Ireland... She was the only child, and her parents were Flemish merchants that had immigrated to Ireland. Her family was very wealthy and had plenty of social clout, and so she was called by the titles of Dame Alice or Lady Alice. Oh. She also owned land, was related to the Kilkenny Sheriff, and had many friends in high places. Okay. She married her first husband, William Outlaw, around 1280, despite (laughs) the name... He was actually had a legitimate job. He was a very rich banker. Uh,
2: okay. Which I
0: guess could be stealing, if
2: you look at it in a certain way. Would you trust a banker named Outlaw?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, right? I'm like, yeah. So, anywho, he was rich, and he had a lot of power. So this marriage bumped Alice's social clout even more. And so they had one son, William Jr., and Alice completely doted on him. They may have also had a daughter... But she was not Alice's favorite, and so is lost to history. Oh. Um, Okay. So, who knows? (laughs) After about 20 years of marriage, William Sr. died. And conveniently, William Jr. was old enough to take over his father's lands and the family banking business. Alice quickly moved on and found a second husband, Adam LeBlond, who also came from a powerful land-owning family. So, got married, got another step up in the social hierarchy. In this relationship, they were connected enough that they had connections with the king. And even loaned King Edward I 500 pounds to help finance the Scottish wars. Unclear if the king paid them back. Probably not. No.
1: No. It's the, uh, ask not what your country can do for your your country. I
2: know, like, can you give a king a loan? Um, no. Mm, Anyway...
0: Mm. William Jr. also became a favorite of LeBlanc, and LeBlanc even loaned William Jr. 3,000 pounds. Wow. Which is a bonkers amount of pounds in the 1200s. Yeah. For some reason, William Junior thought the safest place to keep it was underground, so he buried it.
2: Alright. Alright.
0: Treasures. Treasure. Well, we'll see how treasure works out for him. Oh. So Alice and Adam the Blonde were wealthy and influential, so of course that generated resentment in the townsfolk, including Alice's relative, the Kilkenny Sheriff. And so one night in thirteen oh two, the sheriff took a posse to Alice's land and they dug up those three thousand pounds and took it away with them oh their claim was since the money was discovered in the ground it counted as a treasure trove oh hidden valuables it had no owner and as such it belonged to the king so treasure treasure the king again i guess my land mm. alice and Leblanc protested but the sheriff responded by throwing them in jail and accused them of colluding together to kill alice's first husband oh There wasn't any evidence, and the couple was quite rich, so that accusation went nowhere, and they were quickly released from jail. In what seemed like an abrupt move, LeBlanc then revised his will and made William Jr. his sole heir, canceled all of his debt, including that loan of £3,000. This was surprising, especially to LeBlanc's biological children. Shortly after revising his will, LeBlanc died. He was oh. a heavy drinker, so it was assumed that alcohol was the cause of his death. Pause for a drink. Ready, fellow? Drink bag. <laughs> In 1309, Alice married her third husband, a wealthy knight named Richard Valley. Alice was also able to convince Devalley to revise his will to leave everything to William Jr. at the expense of his own biological children. Alice was apparently excellent at persuasion. Hmm. We don't know how.
2: One could surmise. One
0: has thoughts. We'll, we'll get to those <laughs> thoughts later on, because I, I found a fact that just goes was like, what the fuck? So, surprise, surprise, Devalley died shortly after revising his will as well. One of his biological sons disputed the will, but Alice took him to court and won and was able to add one-third of all of his vast land holdings to her collection. Wow. Wow. Yeah, okay. Alice quickly married her fourth husband, Damn, girl. Sir John Lepore. His health quickly began to deteriorate with (laughs) symptoms that suggested arsenic poisoning. Okay. And so long-term exposure to arsenic can result in thickening of the skin, darker skin and fingernail pigmentation, hair loss, abdominal pain, diarrhea, heart disease, numbness, cancer, and eventually death. And he did lose all of his hair and his fingernails were all janky and shit. He was super thin. Ooh. Mm -hmm.
1: Like chronic... Mm -hmm. poisoning.
0: Yeah, so quick detour for our scientist listeners. Arsenic affects the activity of about 200 enzymes, but the most important enzyme is pyruvate dehydrogenase. Yeah. Which is a big one. Arsenic and allosterically inhibit pyruvate dehydrogenase, which prevents the oxidation of pyruvate to acetyl CoA. And acetyl CoA is essential for the functioning of the Krebs cycle. So inhibition of acetyl-CoA production has a huge effect on the downstream energy production pathways in the cell. Also stimulates oxidative stress by stimulating the production of hydrogen peroxide, which also induces the heat shock response, which is induced to deal with cellular stress and protein misfolding all right everyone come back now i just thought that <laughs> was super interesting
2: it is but i'm not going to be able to spell any of that for our notes
0: oh it's fine i'm like i just my exosemeter had a lot to do with energy production so oh, yeah. like, she already doesn't even have pyruvate dehydrogenase <sighs> though oh anywho by 1324 lapore's biological children were suspicious and annoyed by alice who once again was persuading their father to favor william jr over them they joined forces with Devali's biological children and went to their bishop and accused Alice of witchcraft, oh. bewitching their fathers and causing their death. Bewitched in other ways, maybe. Hmm. <laughs> Which, yeah, maybe could be a form of witchcraft in the 1300s. <laughs> she got.
1: The I same. mean, they frowned upon anything like that anyways back then. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. You couldn't be a sexual being at all.
0: Yeah. So Alice might have been a fun change of pace. So, the bishop in question was Richard de La He was an Englishman who had moved to Ireland and became the Bishop of Ossery. His colleagues gave him faint praise for having the virtues of respectability and clean living. Boring. But in clearer words, he, quote, "...began his career armed with a religious zeal, which made him rapidly unpopular with his Irish parishioners." (laughs) So he wanted his parishioners to stop singing all their dirty songs and...
2: That's just no fun. No, and
0: he saw like all their saints and scholars as evil. He was, quote, totally lacking in any practical diplomatic sense. And he also built a lavish palace in Kilkerney, which did not endear him to the townsfolk either. Mm -hmm. I did not. Richard was so deeply unpopular in this community uh, that by 1320, the Pope had to compensate De La Drede for all sorts of grievances, including being imprisoned by his own congregation. Oh my god.
1: They're like, (laughs) no more of this, dude. We're done.
0: Yeah, like, shut up. Being falsely accused of various crimes, abusing his servants... His parishioners stopped giving him tithe, and someone stole 100 shillings from him in a quote, violent fashion.
2: Oh, cool. Yes,
0: yeah, so no fun whatsoever is what we can gather from this.
2: So we could say it's laid dreadful. It is
0: laid dreadful. It's like the perfect name for him. Mm hmm. But despite all of this, Ledred remained staunchly religious. When he heard the word witch, his mind quickly jumped to heretic. And- my God, did Ladred hate heretics. The Pope at the time also hated heretics and witches. And on February 27th, 1318, he launched the first Papal bull against witchcraft, which paved the way for the Inquisitions, burnings, persecutions, all of that that would occur across Europe. So the stage was set. No
1: women in power.
0: Oh, no. Hate those women in power. Hate those women sucking my dick. <laughs> Moving on.
1: <laughs> How dare they woo me and take my money?
0: How dare they make me feel good? <laughs> yes, life is pain. The DeValley and the Lapore children were primarily concerned with their inheritance and their father's health, but De La Dread took charge of this claim and just ran with it. So he went to Kilkenny to investigate and quickly discovered a diabolical nest of 11 witches led by Dame Alice. Okay. A coven! Uh, a coven, you might say. So, charges began to pile up against Alice. The first charge was for bewitching and killing her husbands to take their money for herself and for her son, William Jr. This charge was quickly overshadowed by the rest of the charges, which included denying the power of Christ and the church... <laughs> sacrificing (laughs) animals to demons. No. She didn't do that. Okay. Okay. Asking demons for advice on witchcraft. Uh, how would they even fucking know that? Should I use a centipede leg or a spider leg? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And holding her her coven meetings in the church at night, further desecrating the whole sanctity of the church. Ledred also accused her of potion making. One in particular, which included the skull of a beheaded robber, rooster intestines, quote, Ooh. certain horrible worms, end quote, <sighs> maybe a horrible centipede. Worms. Uh, the brains of unbaptized children and the nails what? of dead men. <laughs> Where is she what? acquiring it even? Maybe the demons help
2: her. Bring okay. it to her. She's a witch. Use this. Where can I find the fingernails of dead men? Please bring me a certain horrible worm. <laughs> A certain one. Is it a specific horrible worm, or just... Yeah,
1: they don't even want to name it, it's that horrible. It's,
2: quote, certain horrible worms,
1: quote. Like Um, nematodes, or, like, annelids, though? uh,
0: That quote is from the uh, archives of Kilkearny, so they didn't go into the classifications.
1: They probably don't even know what nematodes were back then, No,
0: They're just like, too many legs, hate it.
1: (laughs) Even though a true worm has no legs.
0: True. No legs, hate it. (laughs) Didn't St. Patrick like take all the snakes out of Ireland? Oh. So the Irish really just don't like things with no legs. Or too many. Or too many legs. Fair enough.
1: Yeah. Two to four. That's your limit.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That seems reasonable. So the last and most salacious charge was that she had sex with a demon named Robert Ardenson of like Robert, son of Art, who was supposedly the source of all of her wealth and power. <laughs> uh... And in case you were wondering, Robin appeared in corporeal form, and their lovemaking was quite real, as Alice's maid... Petronilla de Meath had to clean up the aftermath of these sexual encounters. What? Wow. It also just makes me laugh a lot that the demon is Robin. I'm just imagining our Robin Oh my god. I don't know, that just like bouncing bumbling around, bubbling about like <laughs> finding worms and whatnot. Here, use this one. You'd probably like to find worms. You probably would. Robin would appear to Alice as like a cat, a black dog, or a black man, which really didn't go over well in Ireland in the thirteen hundreds. No. The townsfolk quickly back with dread, mostly because they already did not like Alice. So she was an heiress. She was strong-willed. She was independent. All things the patriarchy were not comfortable with. Mm-hmm and this trial also brought the concept of female inheritance to the forefront of everybody's minds and historian Norman Kahn would write that the witchcraft charges were designed to quote show that lady alice had no right to her wealth that it had been wrested from its rightful owners by truly diabolical means that it was tainted at the source okay so, although this bishop was making all these charges, he did not have the legal authority to arrest Alice. Yeah. Ledred took his case to the king's chancellor in Dublin. The king's chancellor, incidentally, was connected to Alice through her first husband. Sweet. Uh, yeah, so the chancellor told Ledred very nicely that you can't arrest Alice. She hasn't been formally charged with anything, dude. There's rules, dude. Well, Ledred didn't have much use for the rules of men and told the Chancellor quote the surface of the church was above the forms of the law of the land and mm-hmm. stopped off back to Kilkerny yeah. <laughs> he had a lot of feelings so Ladred went back to Kilkerny and demanded Alice to appear in court anyway Alice declined and fled uh-huh. to Dublin. <laughs> Okay. Ladred responded by excommunicating her and demanded that William Jr. appear in her place. Oh, rude. So at this point, her fourth husband still supported her, even though she may have been poisoning him. Sweet. That's nice of him. Yes. What a supportive man. <laughs> what a supportive, just like, dumb man. How oh. easy. One of his relatives, Arnold Lapore, went to Ladred and tried to convince him to drop the charges. But Ledred was so stubborn, so antagonistic, and so unlikable that Arnold ended up getting angry at Ledred and threw him in jail, which Arnold did have the authority to do due to his position in town. (laughs) And then Arnold invited everyone in town to step up and complain about Ledred, and Ledred was accused of many grievous crimes. He was also in jail on the day of William Jr.'s court date, so that day passed very peacefully for William Jr. Oh my god. Wobbles just scared me because I'm in the closet. (laughs) I didn't see him come in and then he went behind my pants and he just popped his little head out
2: from the pants. Hello. Why are my pants moving? Yeah. Why are you in here? What's going on mom? What you doing? This is weird. Mom have you been drinking?
0: (laughs) I just started dude. I had this thought sober to record in the closet. <laughs> okay. Ledred retaliated by temporary excommunicating the entire town, although technically he did not have the authority to do that either. And when he was finally released from prison, he turned it into a spectacle. Quote, marching out in triumph, fully dressed in his pontifical robes. Ooh. Once free, Ledred learned no lesson and immediately went back to demanding that William Jr. appear in court. This would have to wait a Bit because the king himself had heard about all of this commotion in Kilkenny and wanted an explanation for that whole illegal excommunicating the whole town thing. Undaunted, Ladred continued fighting for the right to arrest Alice and her son. Okay. Ladred would meet with Arnold Lepore multiple times in court, and on one occasion, Ladred showed up in full bishop regalia, accompanied by a little posse of religious men, and holding the bread of the Lord's Supper in a golden vessel. The bread okay. being the transubstantiated body of Christ. Ledred loved a good dress up. <laughs> Arnold was not intimidated by the display and called Ledred a quote vile, rustic, interloping monk carrying dirt in his hands <laughs> and forced him to sit in one of the seats reserved for the criminals. Oh. Nice. Ledred responded by saying, quote, Christ has never been treated so before since he stood at the bar before Pontius Pilate. Just a bit much, and if I was Jesus, I would not have appreciated the comparison. Yeah, no, I died is what Jesus is saying, but <laughs> I saw this thing
1: on Instagram the other day. I don't, I don't remember if I sent it to you or not, but it was a tattoo that someone had gotten where it's like, if you don't sin, Jesus died for nothing. Ha! <laughs> I think I said that as a meme, and I was a tattoo. Someone got it tattooed on their thigh. I'm like, that's amazing. One of my new favorites
0: recently found Instagram accounts is Christian Nightmares.
1: Oh my god, that one is ridiculous. Oh, it's
0: so cringy. So it's just all the weird Christian TikTok and all that stuff. It's fun. I sent something to Sarah to like wake her up in the morning.
1: It's like cringe, painful, hilarious. Oh, it's hilarious. so painful.
0: I did not send you what I saw today. <laughs> I guess you should thank me for, but it was uh, these two very white girls uh, reworked Ice Ice Baby into a Christian Ugh. rap. No. (laughs) No. While wearing American flag pants.
2: Um, I think we talked about the American flag speedo. Oh, we did. And it was a no-no. It's a
0: desecration of our flag. (sighs) Yeah. To death. Anyway, Alice was also able to get in a jab of her own. She was able to get Ledred indicted in the secular court for defaming her character. All right. And excommunicating her, quote, unadmol- At- Uh. quote.
1: (laughs) That was beautiful.
0: The closet's doing so good. We're going to skip that first U word and go with unadmonished and unconvinced of the crime of sorcery.
2: Mm. Oh, he's a sorcerer.
0: Well, no, she was saying he excommunicated her with no evidence, basically. Okay. And he was indicted for this. And this really says a lot about Alice's character, because she was bold enough to turn the law on her own accuser, mm-hmm. even though she was being accused of witchcraft and was also a woman. Yeah. Ladred would finally get a win when he received permission to try Alice for witchcraft. Alice, being quite savvy and well connected, decided to flee to England and was never heard from again. Oh, there's still like nicely, done. but we still have a lot of Kilcarty notes. Although Alice was now out of his reach, there were still those ten co-conspirators that Ledred had "quote unquote" identified.
2: The coven.
1: Mhm mm-hmm. and none of
0: them had the wealth or connection to flee from Kilkenny. Oh no. Oh man. So Ladrette arrested those 10 accomplices and thanks to the papal bull that allowed for some pretty intense torture to be used when you're trying to find evidence of witchcraft,
1: which is ridiculous. Like uh-huh. of course you're going to be like, "Okay, cool. I'd rather die than have this anymore when you're in excruciating pain."
0: Yeah. You just spoke for Alice's maidservant, Petronilla, because she would crack under the torture and confess to participating in witchcraft. Poor thing. Yeah. This is the unfun part of the story. We're not done with Petronilla. And some of the other so-called witches also confessed under torture, but Petronilla seemed to be singled out by La for the moment. So Petronilla would say that, quote, though she was herself an adept in this occurred. Cursed art of theirs, she said she was nothing in comparison with her mistress, from whom she had learned all these things and many more. And indeed, all the realm of the King of England, there was none more skilled or equal to Alice in this art.
2: <laughs> Which is probably stuff that they fed her. Yeah, this is well, what we she, want you to say. She
0: knew what they wanted them, her to say, they, yeah. she figured it out. Petronilla admitted to being the medium that intermediated between Alice and her demon lover, Robin. Hi, Robin. She described how Alice made potions that could produce love or hatred and used incantations to make it look like there were goat horns growing out of some of the local women's heads.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: That's amazing. Uh-huh. She also said that Alice had a magical broomstick that helped her fly when she rubbed special ointment on the stick.
1: Is that the first ever mention of, like, witches using brooms? I'm
0: not sure, but it has to be pretty early on.
2: That's amazing. Like an old-school vibrator.
0: Well, we're not done yet.
2: Oh my god. Okay.
0: Although it is obvious that all of this confession was given under duress and torture, Ledred would say he merely flogged Petronilla. It was not capital T torture, so it's fine. Physical evidence was slight, but they did find a pipe with ointment on Alice's nightstand.
2: Yeah, girl.
0: Pipe? Like a smoking pipe? I was imagining something different.
2: Yeah, me too. <laughs>
0: Dread declared that this was a stick that Alice used to fly, but later historians would argue that it was more likely a dildo, albeit a very terrifying one.
2: Well, you know.
0: Edges. Did they even have pipes back then?
2: Yeah, they probably did. They don't have plumbing. Not back then, but they still had to get water to places, so there's got to be some sort of piping. I guess I just assumed buckets were employed.
0: I don't know, but anyway.
2: (laughs) But still to get the water up from
1: the earth, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like a well pump or whatever. Mm -hmm. I guess that makes sense.
0: Listeners, tell us, would you use a dildo that's actually a pipe? That sounds painful.
1: It does. I'm just picturing like rough cut PVC.
0: (laughs) I'm imagining a metal pipe, but I've seen the threads on oh. it. Oh, mm, uh, no,
1: I'm not imagining that.
0: We all are imagining something different. I think so. I it's first imagined fine. like a
1: wooden like tobacco smoking pipe, and I was like, that sounds weird. It's got all the
0: curvature and everything. Best option
1: that we've mentioned so far. Smooth at least it's smoothed
0: down. Yeah. And side note, I did get a little more information about penises during the day, and apparently they're pretty boring. Yeah. They do kind of change size you know, over the day and they get kind of sweaty, but that's about it.
2: I just Googled... Pipe dildo? No, not pipe dildo. No. I'm not going to do that to Teddy tonight. Teddy's like... When (laughs) did people start using pipes? And it was 2500 BC. Whoa. I
0: thought the Romans had them. Yeah.
2: Okay, yeah. It says copper pipes for irrigation systems. Whoa. To control water that was flowing from the Nile River. That's fucking cool. Oh, that makes sense
0: too. I knew that the Romans had them for sure. I thought maybe by the like medieval times they lost a lot of that information for a while. Mm -hmm. Anywho, uh, I also heard that penises are boring compared to vaginas, but I find vaginas just to be kind of annoying and confusing. And I would give anything- That was probably coming
1: from a man.
0: Oh yeah, it was the penis informant. (laughs) And I would give anything for a boring penis day just to see what it's like. This is a callback to um, plans or optional Adventism heaven, because in my heaven, you would definitely get the chance to be a member of the opposite sex and finally understand what sex feels like from a male or female perspective, depending on where you're starting from. Okay. I really want to know. Wait, that's
1: actually an Adventist thing that you get to experience that? No, no, no.
0: No, no, no. That's my idea of heaven. Oh. The Adventist idea of heaven... Sounds like you didn't listen to the episode, Sarah. No,
1: I haven't listened to anything recently. Like, oh the yeah, last three weeks or more.
0: Well, when I was in fifth grade, I was told the Adventist version of heaven is that you go up to heaven, you sit down in a room with a bunch of people who know you, and then you watch a video of your entire oh, life. Oh, that's
1: right. I remember you telling me about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hmm
0: No thanks. And then you get no. to watch somebody else's.
1: Like, at that point, they are like, you don't belong here. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Downstairs you go.
2: (laughs) Bye.
0: Yeah. And there's no fun. It's like the Sabbath every day. You're quiet. I want to know what a penis feels. (sighs) Ah, never. I'll never get that.
1: Hmm. Anyway. That's, yeah, that's never been something that's like kept me up at night.
0: No, me neither. What? I thought this was common.
1: I have
2: like never pondered that at all.
0: I've wanted to know for it, since I started having sex,
2: I think. So we'll give the statistic on this is that one in 3 women
1: Oh, oh. <laughs> one in 3 here.
2: Yes, there we go. I also <laughs> really wish for a penis when
0: I'm camping.
1: Oh my god, or even just hiking. Yeah, totally. Oh, hiking. I've been there.
0: Or just having to pee in an alley or something. <sighs>
2: A good friend of our family, and she is a lady, but she has honed her peeing skills, and she can pee standing up and aim and shoot.
0: What? I don't have that ability. That's impressive. It's super impressive because With every the... time
2: I have to pee outside, I pee on my shoe.
0: Yeah, it just kind of it gets dribbly. Mm-hmm. Like it's not far enough away from your body to like not dribble no. on your shoe. <laughs>
2: I'm guessing she does, like, Kegel work or something. I don't know. That's insane. But, yeah, she's very skilled at it. I mean, like,
1: I feel like if I, I don't know, tried harder, it would just make a bigger mess. I just piss over everything. <laughs> I just take a very wide stance and squat very low so it doesn't splash. But
0: then And then hope so that I'm, like, faced splash. the correct
1: direction so that it, like, rolls downhill away from my feet. Yeah, but even then, you still get splash back. Uh, yeah. It's even worse if, like, you squat over something that's, like, mud. And then oh. it, like, starts making, like, that, like, mud sound. Oh. And then it, like, then you get pee mud splashing back you on want, your like, thigh. Yeah, you don't
0: want pee mud splashing back on your thigh or anywhere else.
1: No. Oh. Camping qualms.
0: This was a fun detour, but on November 3rd, 1324, Petronilla was publicly flogged and then burned alive at the stake. Oh my god. Making her the unlucky person who was the first person to be burned at the stake for heresy in Ireland. Wow. And it's not really even her fault. Oh, she had nothing to do with it, but she was a servant. She had no connections. Mm Mm-hmm. The other members of the, quote, pestilential society of robin son of art robin again oh geez they received various punishments that ranged from flogging to incarceration and were also forced to split up and live in different places in ireland so that they could no longer work together oh wait so they didn't actually face any super harsh punishment. they did not get burned at the stake wow only petronella which is just okay not
2: great She's like, I told you what you wanted me to tell you, and now I have to get burned at the stake.
1: And the ones who are actually doing all of this are just fine.
0: I mean nobody was doing anything, but yes. Right,
1: yeah, yeah. But the <laughs> the ones that like they think are actually doing things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway.
0: Blah. And and some of those even confessed under the torture too, but they never got the intense punishment that Petronilla did. Things money buys you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, as for william junior after a week's imprisonment he sent to the bishop asking him to visit him in prison the bishop did so and william stripping himself almost naked threw himself into the dust before the prelate asking for forgiveness after a severe lecture in which he compared the unfortunate prisoner to lucifer The bishop forgave him for his offenses against his person, but as to the rest, his excommunication could not be removed until he had made satisfaction to the church. What does that mean? Yeah, well, I'll tell you. So William Jr. was released from prison, but the conditions of his satisfaction to the church and being re-communicated. Okay. <laughs> he had to attend mass three times a day for a year. Bullshit. Wow. Boring. What do we, that's a lot of time. Feed the poor. Yeah, Aww. that's fair. It's very yeah. vague, though. He does, like three meals a day. It doesn't have any sort of stipulation to it. But you're still, I don't
1: know, doing something that...
0: Oh yeah, this one's fine. It's like a
1: community service level thing.
0: Yeah, Yeah. that's cool. He had to make a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. Road trip. Road trip. Horse trip.
2: (laughs) Oh yeah, it's still a road. Mm
0: -hmm. There might have been a boat, actually. Boat trip. Boat trip, toot toot. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Right. (laughs) Then the last condition is probably what the bishop wanted all along he needed to fund and build a new lead roof to saint Canus's cathedral lead? lead uh yes and this roof would mysteriously collapse four years later and it was rumored that william had added extra weight as revenge <laughs>
2: <laughs> you want your lead roof
0: fucker here it is man Okay, so Ledred won his fight and topped it off by accusing Arnold Lapore of heresy, excommunicating him and throwing him in jail where he died. Oh. But he did not get to enjoy his victory for long. Although he had, quote unquote, identified eleven heretics in his community, he was convinced that there were many more, and so Anyone that crossed him ran the danger of being accused of being a heretic. Mm-hmm. He also remained unlikable, unpopular, and stubborn, and managed to alienate everyone from his parishioners to the king himself.
2: Well, he wasn't liked anyway because he yeah. was just a complete douche. Yeah, he never got better.
1: It's like, how can how can your people trust you if like if they just cross you a little bit or like make you think? Oh yeah anything of them, then you're going to fucking report them like that. Like, that's
0: ridiculous. I just have to laugh that he was so unpleasant. The king was like, I hate this guy.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Can I not deal with him?
0: Well, in 1329, he was driven out of Ireland and forced into exile.
2: Nice. Where did he end up? No idea. Okay. Okay.
0: This was the 1300s. In a ditch. I don't have a, t- a ton of information.
1: He probably crossed the wrong person eventually. And like they weren't actually part of his group. And then they were like, nah, nah, dude, you don't get to say that to me. He crossed a real witch <laughs> on his way. <body. laughs> oh, fuck yeah. He was turned into a centipede. ha <laughs>
2: ha. Look at all your legs. A certain gross worm, whatever yes. it was. <laughs> a certain worm.
0: All right. John Lepore, the fourth husband, recovered from his mysterious illness in Alice's absence. Okay. Which was finally enough to make him suspicious. So he went through Alice's things and claimed that he found a, quote, sack full of horrible and detestable things.
2: Which included?
0: I'll tell you. He gave the okay. sack to ladred who burnt it in the public square and told onlookers that it included the powders that were used to poison Sir John Lepore, as well as, quote, human nails, hair, herbs, worms, again, worms, and other
2: abominations. There's a name for those, because Leonardo made them. Oh,
1: like collected clippings? Oh, right. she made the satchels. Right. Like
0: a talisman? Um, Not a talisman. It sounds like this is more of a collection for spells and potions, but...
2: Okay. Because, like, Leonardo used to make the little satchels that had different herbs and shit in them, and, like, if you put them in places, then they were supposed to do stuff.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know if this sack existed. I guess if I had a penis, I'd also have to deal with having a sack. Yeah. Uh, he would. What are balls like? How have you never wondered this?
1: Doesn't he know not to go through
0: a lady's purse? That's rude How rude. He was very suspicious at this point. A hex bag. Oh yeah, this is a hex bag for sure. So around the time of her first marriage, Alice also ran an inn slash pub that catered to the wealthy. This pub was mostly housed in the home that she was born in, which was Kai Tiller's Hall. Okay. And it was also adjacent to sacred land. Oh. And so St. Kieran's Well, named after St. Kieran, who once turned water from the well into wine, was also known to be a stopover place for angels and other heavenly beings to drink. Although I don't know why they need to drink. They're heavenly beings.
1: Nope. Everyone's got to have a vacation.
0: Unless it was cocktails. <laughs> They're also turning into wine. And the waters were also thought to have healing powers. And Tellers Inn still exists today. Ooh. Probably is a bit of a tourist trap, but I would definitely still go. That sounds like
1: fun. So mm-hmm. it's
0: owned by the great-great-granddaughter of Charles Dickens. Wow. And she rejuvenated the place and made it into this fun place to go. And so as you enter, you're presented with a statue of Alice, looking exhausted, holding a toad in one hand and a broomstick, or dildo in the other.
2: <laughs> I love it. That's cool. And then we can go for food and booze. Yes. Oh, my God. It looks so cool. Let's do it.
0: I know. I would definitely do this for sure. I'd- I wanna I want to go. I want to go so bad. I've never been to Ireland. Me neither, but it's on my bucket list. It's on my list as well. So.
2: I
1: enjoyed Scotland. I assumed the, the weather might be kind of similar.
0: I would make the jump to Scotland as well because
2: I wanted to go there, too. So since I'm already over there, I'd visit. Yeah. Yeah. Might as well. 2025, save your pennies. (laughs) Okay, I probably can. Okay.
0: Both Sarah and I might have an adult job by then. (laughs) Okay. I'm fucking better. So, if I was there, I would go for the fish and chips. Yeah, yeah. I can't have that. Well, I'm also kind of annoyed because you do have to let your server know if you want tartar sauce. And of course you want tartar sauce with fish and chips. With fish and chips? Yeah, Although lots of vinegar.
2: Well, Both. that's true. All Both. of it.
0: All of it. And I think it has an extra fee, but whatever. Oh, that's fine. As for booze, we should probably at least try Smithwick's. Okay. Which is an Irish red ale. It might also be pronounced Smithics with a silent W, but I don't know. I okay. also don't have an Irish accent. No one is surprised to hear that. It is one of Ireland's oldest beers. So, according to Wikipedia, it is the most consumed ale in Ireland. Okay. And Irish listeners let us know. Yeah. It's got a 3.5 on untapped, which is out of five, whatever. Yeah. It's described as, quote, a copper-colored ale with a thick, pillowy head... The aroma is sweet with malty caramel notes and has a very clean taste with great hop flavors. Okay. So it's not a type I would normally gravitate to, but I would definitely try it. Oh, for sure. And even better, Smithwick's or Smithwick's Brewery Smithics. was founded in 1710 in Kilkenny. Oh! Okay. And the brewery remained there until it was acquired by Guinness in 1965. Cool. Wow. And part of the original brewery in Kilkenny has been converted into a little visitor center. So we can also go see that. And if we imbibe a bit too much of this beer while we're at the Kytellers Inn, apparently it's a very confusing layout, but there are very helpful arrows on the floor. So, like, directly (laughs) how to get out of the building.
2: How about to the bathroom? Because that's what I would need to know. That's actually
0: more important. Yeah. Especially (laughs) as I can't pee standing up. Nope. Of course, there's a ghost. (gasps) Yes. Uh, you would think that the most likely person to be this ghost is Lady Alice herself. No, because
2: she was exiled. So I think she it's was the a... I think it's the maid.
0: Well, the ghost has never identified itself. Yeah. Oh. So the form of a woman has been seen flickering through the building, but this is the type of haunting that's mostly just the kind where you feel the presence of something, but you don't really see actually it.
1: see anything.
0: And I yeah. forgot what that is in our six type of ghost thing. But oh, um, shoot. Some visitors have captured a spectral image with their cameras and their smartphones. So it also makes Like an orb? Weird orbs, yeah.
2: Oh, cool. All
0: right. While we're in Kilkenny, we should go to St. Canis' Cathedral. Okay. Mostly because it has a round tower that you can struggle to the top of to see this beautiful panorama of Kilkenny and the surrounding country.
2: Struggle because we're drunk?
0: Uh, Apparently it's just very hard. Oh, okay. And if someone's coming down... You can't be going up. Oh no. You have to ask for the key. I get really dizzy in spiral staircases. I got super sick at the Arc de Triomphe in Paris and was <laughs> basically sitting with my head between my my legs on the uh, top of that thing. I do like a nice panorama. I was canorama. just thinking I'd
2: be too drunk and then it would be
0: hard to go no, up and down. <laughs> I think it's just hard and for some reason it's one of three round towers in Ireland so I they didn't make many towers, I guess.
1: Or they were like, nah, too many of us are drunk when we're trying to climb this thing the next <laughs> morning for lunch, so, uh so let's make them square.
0: Fair. No more round. <laughs> so uh, there's a nice panorama, which I do like. We can also find the effigy of Richard de la Drede in the church.
1: Boo. Yeah,
0: we can boo him for fucking sure. Dread. And... We, in the graveyard, will find the gravestone of Alice's father. Okay. Who may have been named Jose. What? What? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't think that was Flemish either. Okay. Mm. Uh, uh, anywho. Lastly, we should go to the Kilkenny Castle. Okay. So the accused witches were housed in the dungeon of Kilkenny Castle during the trial slash torture.
2: So we need selfies in the jail? Yes. Okay. I've heard two stories here. So Alice,
0: oh, <laughs> so I've had my fingers under the door and Wobbles found it and just like clawed at me. <laughs> oh, no. I'll move. He's like, what are those? Oh, yes. Hi, friend. Alice might have fled to England before being arrested or she was arrested and imprisoned in the dungeon. And then one night the guards were beaten senseless and Alice was spirited away.
1: Ooh. Oh, Okay an accomplice.
0: Yeah, leaving everyone else behind, which is a bad look. Oh, yeah. There is definitely a lady in white who haunts the castle. It's more likely to be the ghost of Lady Margaret Butler, who is the grandmother of Anne Boleyn. Wow. Oh, okay. And besides Lady Margaret, there is an automatic visitor counter in the oldest part of the castle that frequently counts up to a 100 visitors a night, even though the castle is closed to the public. Oh, my gosh. That's cool. Well, somebody made a reply to this post and said, um, it's a secret society.
2: Oh, <laughs> which is also well, creepy. Shit. Yeah. So,
0: either way, creepy. The ghost of Alice is said to walk the streets of Kilkenny and can sometimes be seen at St. Canis's Cathedral. Petronilla, our extremely unlucky maid servant, was rumored to have cursed the town and vowed her revenge before being burned at the stake. Hell yeah. And her spirit also wanders the streets of Kilkenny at night. Yeah. Okay. So, was Alice Keiteler a witch? Mm. Well, she was probably a poisoner. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But whether she was a witch depends on your definition. Now we're going to veer a little bit into what my definition of witchcraft is. Okay. Follow along. I would tend to say that witchcraft involves using magic to manifest a desired outcome, and magic itself is energy around you plus intention. So you have to put in the effort to get what you actually want. Okay. Better than praying, for goddamn sure.
2: It might have more results.
0: Yeah, because you fucking do something.
1: Yeah. You put forth the energy, and like there's thought that goes into it.
0: Yeah, and you just taking the time to think is helpful. I would describe myself as an eclectic witch, and I use witchcraft mostly as a form of self-care. And so my particular craft involves mostly tarot, astrology, ritual, and a lot of writing and self-reflection. And I'm not great at it. I'm, I'm very new at this. And so I um, really struggle with this ritual aspect, even though I know it would help me and be calming for me. But
1: yeah, and repetition can also be something super helpful, too. That It's like a, I don't know, common ground for your brain to be like, okay, this again.
0: Especially if you have anxiety. Mm-hmm. Right now my meds are working on, on the anxiety Great, I got to figure out a depression cure.
2: But I know a depression cure. Pipe? <laughs> no. I'm looking at the dinner menu right now for the, the pub. Oh yeah, I looked at that too. Um, it does not split bills, so when we head out there, I'll take the first dinner. We'll Venmo you. It looks amazing. That's so cool.
0: Yeah, and just a nice historic town. We've already discussed how much I think each of us likes historic buildings and stuff. Oh yes.
2: (laughs) And the cobblestones oh. and everything oh, are just yeah. so cool. They have a whiskey menu, Sarah. You <gasps> enjoy whiskey. I do. Oh, both of you do. But they have a pretty extensive whiskey menu as well. Nice. And it's called the Water of Life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Aquavita.
1: Irish whiskeys. Nice.
0: Anywho. So, Alice Kiteller was probably not my kind of witch. But she was a surprisingly bold and powerful woman, which seems like it would be very rare in medieval times. What are you doing, Morris? Don't barf in my shoe. (laughs) (laughs) Lady. Wobbles has barfed three times today, and so I'm like, is he okay? I think he just ate something in the yard. Anywho, Alice, back to Alice. Sorry, Alice. This is a double IPA. Bitchcraft or witchcraft, girl? Both. (laughs) If she was manifesting a life of money and power, she fucking nailed it. Yeah. Oh yeah. And she put the work in.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: She did get exiled in the end, but she was taken care of by her powerful connections and probably still had a lot of money, so it might not have been the punishment Ledred thought it was.
2: Yeah. Leave this place. I okay, mean, she cool. went on to live a beautiful life. Yeah.
0: I honestly want that for her as well. Mm-hmm. Even though she might have poisoned at least one husband, but he survived. Yeah. Girl power.
2: I ain't mad at her.
0: <laughs> I like Alice. I she do sounds too. like a
2: badass. Yeah. I just love that she was like, No, fuck you, Ledredge. Oh, I'm yeah. gonna like, fucking charge you up with some shit, you fucker.
0: That was amazing. Mm-hmm. For a woman in her time to do that. So
2: I love it. Because most women were so docile, like yes, yes. Yes, sir, whatever you say, sir. I don't know. Women's empowerment, right? Mm-hmm. Which
0: we're still fucking working on, but like
2: I mm-hmm. feel
0: like it has improved since the thirteen hundreds, but it could be a lot better.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think we've made a pretty good transition since the thirteen hundreds, but yeah. A bit of progress. We could be doing better for sure.
0: There's still things to work
2: on. Oh yeah.
0: Alright. So that's how I wrap up Alice. I guess we're all on her side. <laughs> I kinda like Alice. I like Alice. Go, a lot. Alice, go. And I just really like the whole story of all these like competing factions and Kilkenny and the mm-hmm. everyone trying to do things and failing and whatnot. I thought it was it was like a good gossip story. Yeah. Except I for Petronella getting burned at the stake.
2: Well, that was very unfortunate.
0: Which probably did happen. Yeah. Okay.
2: Oh, I'm gonna die of alcohol.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's Alice, but I did also I have some uh, astrology for the upcoming week which I already told the folks here is gonna turn into more of a therapy session. are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. So this episode will air on June 20th and on the 21st the sun moves into cancer. Mm-hmm. It's time for four weeks of weepiness and emotions. Boy, and I've I'm re- ready. Hey, Marty. And Neil, I think. No, not Neil. Uh, Tom. And a lot of people I know as well, actually. (laughs) Okay. Well, I've already been doing those things, so nothing will change for me during this transit. But cancer season has a quieter and slower pace type of energy than what we had experienced with Gemini. Yeah. Uh, Yes. Sorry, guys. We need breaks.
1: I mean, thank goodness that the signs aren't aligned, like air 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 air! fire 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 or else we'd probably not make it
0: oh yeah and like (laughs) we need a break some people are moving away from this but they say like half the signs are masculine half the signs are feminine people are moving away from that because of all the gender issues and whatnot
1: yeah
0: and i think it's more of an introvert versus extrovert thing
1: oh for sure so we spent all
0: this energy during gemini season being out and talking to people we need we need time to come back to ourselves exactly All right, so Cancer is ruled by the moon and the element of water, and its energy supports healing, self-care, and replenishment. It's a good time to slow down and think about what you need to manifest a life that feels restorative, supportive, and capable of holding all of your emotions. Yes. The symbol of Cancer is the crab, and so the crab lives in its own little house. Pinch, pinch. Pinch, pinch. Pinch. I have been pinched by some cancer. I've been
1: I've been cut by a crab before. I picked up a blue oh, crab without realizing there was a blue crab and West it sliced Pole. right through me. Yep.
0: Yeah, we have a, I have a picture of you bleeding.
1: <laughs> it was a whole party. There were like a bunch of people and they all saw me like go, "Oh, cool crab." And I picked it up and it was like, "No." And it sliced right through my thumb. And I was like, I'll oh, "Post that, that was picture mean? on the website. I think I was laughing cuz I was like, "It doesn't even
2: hurt. I'm just so surprised." Oh, you were
0: laughing at it. It's a good picture. Alright. Love it. We love crabs. I love to eat
2: them. Crab is amazing. Yes.
0: Really fucking want, and I'm not gonna get this summer is a lobster roll. Oh. Uh, But I'll be okay. So... Let's talk about crabs some more. They live in their own little house, but they also go through cycles of growth where it outgrows its current home and needs to find a new one. And so this period between shells is a particularly vulnerable time, but is also essential for growth. So we can apply these crabby principles to our emotional growth as well. And (laughs) this is a good time to learn how to recognize when it's time to break out of your shell And experience the vulnerability as you grow into your next self, basically. Okay, cool. Obviously, I'm slightly antagonistic towards cancer because I'm very uncomfortable doing any of those things. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, I would much prefer to use my shell as an armor and protection for my heart. But let's get real here. Sometimes you are forced to change and move forward whether you like it or not. Yeah. And I'm currently there. And I'm really trying to approach the situation with grace and openness. And Cancer season is very supportive of these goals. Yes. I still hate it, but I'm trying to. I'm try- <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to be accepting. <laughs> uh, don't forget, though, that there are people around you who love you. So you should take this time to sit in silence with yourself. But it's not the time to turn into a hermit crab. LOL. <laughs> I made a funny. (laughs) So you should definitely see, don't hide away. See the people that support you. Be honest about what you need and be prepared to reciprocate as well. Yeah, totally. And then on Wednesday, June 22nd, Venus enters Gemini. So this is a time of more forceful emotions. Okay. But the primary attribute of Gemini is communication.
2: It is. So if
0: you have a partner, you should take some time to observe how you communicate between yourselves. Listen to me. (laughs) What is your love language?
2: (laughs) Love languages are so important. What is their
0: love language? How Uh, can you merge your strengths together? You might make some compromises on how you communicate. If it's a relationship you want, that's okay. Uh, Also a great time to tell someone you love them. You know. no, I'm not gonna do Aww. that either to be honest. But, yes um, you
2: can. So feel you. Love you guys. I love you
0: guys. I, I,
2: love you guys. Aww, I, I love can't you.
0: I can't tell someone else, but So tell them you love them and it's a communicative season, so you can also tell them why. And single people, write a love letter to yourself. Aww. Oh, yeah. Self-love is important. I love that. Especially for manifesting shit. And then I also was like, wait a minute, though. Everyone should do this. Yes. Yes. Because you don't want to lose yourself completely in a relationship. Like, it's super trite. and stupidly true, and I fucking hate it. But you have to love yourself first. Yes.
2: It's very true.
0: Motherfuckers. It's true, though. I'm
1: like, mm-hmm. this is very touchy-feely for Hannah. I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, is.
0: I'm in a... Whatever. It's a good place. Well, come back to loving yourself and how oh, you have to love yourself first. And someone can't love you into loving yourself. Oh, uh, yeah. <sighs> it's just a fucking disaster out there, guys. But I'm full of grace.
1: Hannah managed to Capricorn up this cancer message.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's still me. Yes. Yeah. I'm, like, trying to be more open. I am writing a lot, but, like... Good. I need to bring my tarot cards out more now.
2: Yeah, because you guys still owe me a tarot read. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's
0: do that next time because I can't get out of the closet right now.
2: (laughs) No, that's fine. So I just have a couple extra astrological tidbits. So on Monday, when the episode airs, Mercury in Gemini is going to be sextile with Jupiter in Aries. And so Monday is going to be a perfect day for this very sexy sextile after our super sexy Sunday. That we just had. Oh, <laughs> well, that's right. I'm not having it. Some people
0: are. Some people are. It's fine.
2: Monday's gonna be a good day to make more romantic connections.
0: I'll super sexy myself.
2: Get that pipe out.
0: No, no, no. Negative, Ghostwriter. But we have we
2: have oh, modern shot. sex toys. <laughs> Sponsor us. Yeah. What uh, is that? Adam Adam, Adam and Eve. Eve. <laughs> <laughs> I. Just saw this like TikTok that was like this dude, this, he's like this Mormon type dude. And he's like, I'm going to Adam and Eve because there's like flagship stores or whatever. And he comes out and he was like, that was not a religious place. (laughs) (laughs) It was super funny. Lilo
0: is a very decent sex toy.
2: Sponsor us.
0: Sponsor us. We want sex toys and robotic litter boxes.
2: Yes. Yes, please. (laughs) Oh my God. On Tuesday, the 21st, the sun enters Cancer, and we also get our summer solstice, which is great. I'll talk about that later. But we're getting a trine. Do you have a trine? I don't. So we also have a trine on this day, which we all know that trines are great. And yes. it's Venus in Taurus is going to be trine with Pluto and Capricorn. And this is going to be a day where you will meet a person... That becomes an important part of your life. And so it's not necessarily sexual.
0: I don't want that either.
2: But you can meet a friend. You can meet... So I often say sometimes your acquaintances in life can become very important. And I'll just point this out. Because for the longest time, I had the most amazing coffee person. Like, she just became a part of my life. And I saw her more than I saw some of my family members. You pull up and like, here's your coffee. She knew what I wanted. Like, it was easy. It was breezy. It was so much fun. It doesn't have to be someone that's like intertwined with your family or your love life or something like that. But it can be someone that just makes your life a little bit easier and a little bit happier.
0: Fingers crossed. Hmm. It's my interviewer. Oh, yay.
2: Ooh. That would
0: be great. I don't have any interviews set up, but that would be great.
2: Um, But that's all that I had, just the extra two tidbits.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to wrap us back to the witchcraft theme of the episode. Woo woo. And we have another holiday in the witch's year. So Tuesday, June 21st is Litha. More commonly known as the Summer Solstice, and is the longest day of the year in the Northern Hemisphere. Southern Hemisphere, you're on your own. (laughs) So it's the time to celebrate the sun, light, and abundance. And so Litha was traditionally celebrated with feasting and a giant bonfire.
2: Cool. But not witches. Don't burn people.
0: Oh, they didn't bonfire the witches, but the witches might have set the fires.
2: Okay. As long as they weren't in the middle.
0: They were not in the middle. Yes. And a great way to celebrate Litha now is to get together with friends for a picnic or a party. Bonfire optional, especially if you live in dry-ass California. Yeah. Don't
1: set any fires in California. Maybe no, no fires, just, but like a know. picnic
0: or a party like with some mm-hmm. of your close friends would be a great way to celebrate it. Yeah. Litha celebrates abundance. So it's also a good time to recognize and celebrate your successes and your accomplishments. Cool. So for instance, I gave my exit seminar on June 1st, and I still really haven't let myself celebrate that milestone. And so Litha, I mean, I tend to focus on the negative. Litha is trying to push me towards the positive. So that's on me. On the other hand, you can use the light and power of the sun to help you heal from past heartbreaks and depressions. Okay. So it's a a day to, if you are feeling more meh, it's a day to write down the things that are weighing you down that you want to release and then burn that list. Use a tiny bonfire.
2: I've got a small list. I don't know how I feel about burning it. It feels final if I burn it.
0: Well, I was writing this myself and I was thinking there are things I wouldn't write on the list yet because I don't want to let them go. Yeah. And that's a real feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is, yeah. But there are things I could write. Or I could just go to a picnic, Sarah. Picnic. picnic Party. picnic Yeah. A blanket,
1: some shade, some charcuterie. Oh, fuck some yeah. Some cards.
0: Some cards, some booze. We got Mm -hmm. it. Another common practice is to watch the sun both rise and set on Letha. I'd be fucking exhausted. Yeah. So at the very, very least, I would suggest, and I'm saying this to myself, to go outside for like five minutes and just feel the sun on your body.
1: Okay. That's a good one. Yeah. And if you're going for longer, put some SPF on.
2: Yeah. (laughs) true. Yeah. Especially for my white ass. All of our white asses. Yeah, that's true. So my daughter's last day of school is on the 21st, and it's a half day. And so our plan is to, after I go pick her up, because they they only go to like, I think, 11 or 12 or something. So she's not going to have lunch at school. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to take her and I'm going to get her some chicken nuggets and some fries and a milkshake. And then we're driving to this little park that's on our way home. And we're going to eat lunch in the park. And then she gets to play on the play toy at the park. So nice.
0: That sounds really nice.
2: Yeah, and milkshakes, because who doesn't love milkshake? I was
0: going to say, she's getting my period meal, but... <laughs> <laughs> comfort food is comfort food. Comfort food is comfort food. Yeah, just a special day. It's a special day. That's the yeah. other thing that, like, witchcraft has been trying to teach me, is that there are special days, and mm-hmm. you should honor them.
1: Oh, and yeah. And kind of feel good having witnessed them that right? way. Right?
0: Like, they're yeah. important. They mean yep. something. And yeah like it's helping me be less of a nihilist i think nice so i need that help a lot so that is what i have i do have two quotes to end on cool so first william butler yeats mentions alice kyteller in his poem 1919 which goes quote but now the wind drops dust settles thereupon there lurches past his great eyes without thought under the shadow of stupid straw pale locks that insolent fiend robert Addison, to whom the love lady keitler brought bronze peacock feathers red combs of her cocks i don't really
2: understand poetry <laughs> But her name's in it. But her name is in it. So that's what I got for that. Oh, the red comb of the cock. I just got so distracted. Okay, so a a rooster. A rooster, yes. Yes. Yes.
0: But then I will end with the Roman poet Juvenal, who said, quote, There is nothing more intolerable than a wealthy woman. (laughs) Which is what we learned today.
2: Yes and no. (laughs) And
0: that is that for me.
2: Awesome. That was so good.
0: Oh, I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad it was lighter. Yeah. The last oh my two episodes. God. And I am very, for the listeners, I'm very excited about our next episode. We have a special guest. I think it's going to be super fun. We have Yay. a fun topic to talk about. So.
2: A few fun topics.
0: We're going to lighten it up a little bit, at least today and next week.
2: Yes. Yes, yes. It'll be exciting, so stay tuned for that. We are also very excited when you email us. For fucking sure. (laughs) We love for you to contact us. We did set up a Discord. You can check out our TCT podcast. Oh, yeah. Join the Discord. And that way you can have access to us, to chat with us, share your thoughts, send us some positive vibes. We're a hot fucking mess, but... You know what? We're human. We show up here. And we're yeah. dealing with... Lots of stuff.
0: Lots of stuff.
2: Lots of human emotions. emotions.
0: Like, that's okay.
2: It is. It is okay.
0: I hope our listeners kind of feel that as well. Like, it's okay. Like, sometimes
2: things just fucking suck. But we do it. Life just fucking sucks sometimes. Like I said, we'd love to hear from you guys. You can let us know how the summer solstice went for you. If you went on a picnic or you did some self-care or, you know, whatever you want to let us know. We are on Twitter at True Trine, on Instagram at True Crime Trine, on Facebook at TCT Podcast. That also has the link for the Discord. You can email us directly at trine at gmail.com and then check out our website, www.truecrimetrine.com. Bye. 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 Bye! Bye! Music for our podcast was handcrafted by the talented and creative minds of Mike Warren and Pete Ortega. Our artwork was imagined and skillfully designed by the lovely Sarah Guest. As for production, well. They call me post-production. Show notes are available upon request. Just email trine at gmail.com. Join us again next week for another tantalizing episode.